640 Toronto presents Think Tank. Two guests, Toronto's top stories, commercial free. Now, let's meet the guests. Pretty straightforward. 15 degrees currently right now in Toronto. We're uh, obviously uh, still on this uh, breaking news story out of Lewiston, Maine, and we will stay on it. But we say good morning to Anna Bailau, former mayoral candidate, deputy mayor as well. Thanks for coming on. As always, we always always enjoy our chats with you, Anna. Good morning. And Mohamed Faki, our guest as well, founder of Paramount Fine Foods, described as activist and entrepreneur. And, you, and you've been doing an equal amount of both the last few weeks. I, I appreciate that, <laughs> Mohamed. I appreciate it. <laughs> Bonjour. Good morning, everyone. Oh, in, invoking a little French uh, to start things. That's good. We'll try and uh, make it as light as we can as we get through the heavy lifting to start. Uh, Anna, we begin with a story that we wake up to far too often. I'm sure your phone uh, buzzes about it. Having been in, in politics, it would have a fair bit. I've done way too many radio shows um, in the States and here the morning after mass shootings, but 16, at least 20 dead in a main uh, murder spree, and they don't know where the shooter is right now, which adds to the terror level for that entire state. How do you react to something like this? Well, it, it's devastating, and and my my thoughts and prayers are with uh, with the families and with those communities. And and the first thing that uh, that comes to mind is our experience here in Toronto as as a community that went through that. And um, uh, you know, it 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 uh, shakes to to our core. Um, it's devastating for the communities, and uh, we don't have all the details of these specific. One that happened today, it's still coming through, right? The press conference is still going to happen. Um, but I think it is important that that the communities look into um, some of the root causes uh, that that uh, influence these individuals to have these uh, these behaviors. And we know that there was mental health yeah. issues with the individual. Uh, and, and these conversations need to happen. And unfortunately, they shouldn't happen only when uh, uh, an incident like this and an attack like this occurs, uh, but make sure that uh, that the bare minimum, these things are, are looked at and uh, and actions are taken. And I'm sure the communities will demand uh, will demand that. And Mohammed, just hold for a sec, because I'll just reiterate some of what Anna mentioned. This uh, person um, had some mental health issues. He was hearing voices. He was making threats to shoot up a National Guard base. And he was two weeks um, at a mental health facility this summer. And it's it speaks to our issues in Canada, Mohammed, that like the temperature's really hot right now in Toronto. I feel it. You feel it. Anna, we all feel it. But I think it's one thing that we just don't think about as much in Canada as people living in America do, that this could happen in our community. Well, I mean, uh, look, I think uh, what happens and the shooting is a tragedy, but they are avoidable. As you know, you just mentioned that I'm an advocate. Of course, I am. And I'm a, a big fan and a supporter of Doctors Against Guns. I mean, uh, listen, these uh, incidents are avoidable. They happen in every community. Maybe not all of them, but thankfully in Canada, the one that happens, and definitely one life is one too many, but they're not that scale. But it's completely obvious that in the U.S., and uh, there's a lot of these events that happen and a lot of these, um, like, uh, tragedies. And it's obvious why. Their gun control law are simply not strong enough. I could argue as well, looking at what's happening around the world, you know, the Americans need to buy less guns and sell less guns around the world as well. But they need to have local control on guns for sure. And they need not only bigger guns, smaller guns, faster guns, slower guns, 
I'm against every gun. And I'm against anyone that needs a gun, especially that, those guns that they're using to do this mass shooting. So this argument in the U.S. Mm. has to have a, a bigger conversation opening, but at least they could crack down on the AR-15s, which seem to be the weapon of choice for so many of these mass murders. It's another very, very sad day for our American friends, for sure. And knowing the knowing the, the political uh, animal, if you will, that you are, and knowing how you know how deep your your love of of politics goes. I feel like sometimes we look back on an issue 20, 30 years ago and we say, what was all of society thinking? How did we not evolve faster in the States? As Muhammad put it with guns, this just feels like it, we're going to be doing these same things about America a hundred years from now, no matter what side of the political fence we lie on. I cannot figure out a solution to get people together on this one. And, and the upsetting thing is every time a tragedy like this happens, these issues come up again. You know, is it the access to guns? Is it the support to, uh, you yeah. know, the health care support that these people have? Do they have access to mental health? And the th- same thing happens over and over again. Tragedy happens. Mm. Questions get asked. Uh, and and um, action has been very slow to, to take. And a lot of it has to do with, uh, with politics, in particular in the States. This is a very divisive uh, issue in the States. I don't know what more uh, proof. Uh, is needed yeah. what how many more tragedies are needed but clearly i think mohammed is 100 percent right that uh uh the gun uh, uh laws in in the states is definitely something that they should be uh should be looking at um but as well they, their, mm. their health care and the support for men- mental health yeah mohammed do you feel uh, safer and you must have plenty of friends in the united states do you feel a safer person in the gta than they do in their cities no of course we do uh, i mean we have a way to uh, have a conversation about it. I mean, in the United States, majority of the people, they feel uh, the right of, uh, you know, holding a weapon, buying a weapon and carrying a weapon. And uh, I don't think that's the type of conversation we need. People need to speak more about peaceful solutions, conversation, and put the guns away. There shouldn't be anyone living in fear to the extreme that they feel the only way to protect yourself is to carry a gun. Um, let's stay with you, uh, Mohammed. Last night there was a rally at Queens Park. Um, it, it, we're, we're in tense times right now for rallies. We saw it over the weekend. Obviously, I know you both had thoughts on what we saw outside the uh, Jewish-owned restaurant. I know we had thoughts on watching protesters try to get on the Gardner Expressway and jostle with police. Um, last night the rally was deemed um, glory to our martyrs, and I, I worry about the labeling on that, uh, Mohammed. I worry that's an easily misunderstood. Um, concept and a statement there's going to be another one exactly like it in mississauga at celebration square on saturday night and i'm just looking for leadership here we've all three of us have talked about this before i'm looking for mayors i'm looking for mps and mpps to to take the temperature down a little bit what are you hoping for well i mean (laughs) i don't know how you ended your question in a way that uh, I have to apologize to all the politicians. I have to start my answer with actually commenting that they actually the one uh, they caused a lot of rising of the temperature. Because that's fair. That's uh, you know, fair. Yeah. We, yeah. No. No. It is. It is. We have uh, to have the moral courage to equally condemn things the proper way. We have to be speaking equally to both sides of the different opinion that we have in our cities and our country, and we have to lower the tone of accusation to each other, all of us. And if we don't do that, we might see a more and bigger problem. I'm just going to say to you, rallies and protests are by definition their tense. People from different sides of issue 
especially like this one, have deep feelings about what they believe. I do feel it as well sometimes as a humanitarian. For me, as a child, is a child. It doesn't seem like this to everyone. Uh, one child on one side is one child on the other side is one child too many. And it seems the politicians need to calm down everybody and lower the temperature themselves by not taking sides because they represent the entire country and all the people that are living in the riding. And, you know, and I think a protest is the voice of the unheard. The biggest question should be, what is it we're not hearing? And definitely, to everybody who wants to protest, it's your right. But do you, but, but, do you worry about well, the... Let me finish. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, I, I can. can. You're going for a while, yeah. but I will. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, let me finish. But I'm one of the people that came out, and I actually wasn't agreeing, and I said how unacceptable it is to go and to try to cross to the highway or to yeah. bother anyone who's running a business. So there is a way of a protesting and a way to communicate the concern. Do you worry about a phrase, glory to our martyrs? I understand the context. I understand that the Palestinian people have suffered tremendously. I understand there are tremendous, there's 20 sides, let alone two sides, to the entire conflict of of the of Israel and Palestine. But I worry about this phrasing. It, it, it's a really concerning phrase. Allow me. Yeah, allow me to say it might be a translation issue to everybody. Uh, a martyr uh, in our religion, in the Muslim religion, is anyone that die innocent, not anyone that die fighting. A lot of people, and I think the translation, it's one word only in English. There is two translations to it in our mind. Mm. If you die innocent, if a child or a human being dies below 13, 14 years old, and still an innocent a human mm. being who has not been able to make real decision on their own, uh, we call them mm. martyr because they died very young. We call a pregnant woman dying during her birth, uh, if she's having a birth, a martyr. So let's worry about as well. I hope that's what they mean is the innocent children dying. That's what I'm hoping. And yes, you're right. It might be lost in translation. I gotcha. Uh, Anna, you ran for mayor this past spring um, and you ran an honorable campaign and you almost won. But I can imagine you wouldn't have forecast in April or May sitting here in late October as as mayor having to take the temperature down on on very tense issues in the Middle East. I can't imagine that was on your your bingo card, if you will. It, you know, it, it's it's the, the Middle East, but also the, our communities here and, and yeah. bringing the temperature down, bringing people together. And I think that, you know, everybody, ha- you, we have the right to, to protest and people have the right to to, to assemble, um, but we don't have the right to, to hate speech or to, you know, boycott businesses just because of the heritage of somebody or uh, to have communities and people like we here, you know, in the Jewish community and in the Palestinian community feeling unsafe in our city is extremely concerned. And I think we need to call on everybody, even the people that are organizing the protest. To, if, if this is not their intention, if it's not what they, they, they are, uh, mm. their protest is all about, then they also need to come out and call out these acts that are not bringing people together and, uh, might not even be delivering the message that they want to deliver as well. I think it is very important that we denounce all forms of hate uh, and and actually focus our efforts in making sure that our communities are safe and feel safe 
in, in our country and that uh, our, our government uh, works yeah. with allies to make sure that uh, humanitarian assistance is given in Gaza. We need to make sure that we're doing everything we can to provide humanitarian uh, assistance to, uh, to, to the victims uh, and to the people this uh, is- in the Middle East. Sorry to cut you off. This is Think Tank. That's Anna Bailao. Mohamed Faki's with us as well. We're having a great conversation. All right, let's get to something we all agree on. Interest rates. No, I'm kidding. But anyway, here's Doug Ford in the <laughs> legislature the other day, the premier of the province, doing something apparently he's not supposed to do. And I'd love to get into that. Talking about the Bank of Canada and asking for a hold on interest rates, which did happen yesterday. The governor of Bank of Canada is sitting in his ivory tower, not talking to the common folks. I took a call this morning, Mr. Speaker, about a married couple with kids that are going to have to sell their home. They're going to have to sell their home because their mortgage has tripled. It has absolutely tripled, went up thousands of dollars. They won't be able to afford it. See, the Bank of Canada is way, way out the lunch, in my opinion, Mr. Speaker. Way out the lunch. They're creating inflation. They're creating inflation on groceries. Then we have the carbon tax that the federal Spots. government implemented. Created inflation on building homes. That's a lot there. Let's go to the home builder, Anna Bailau, if you don't mind me calling you that, because you know your stuff in that on that file. We held interest rates at 5 I'm sure that's a relief to some people, but it's really hard for all these builders, all these people in construction with massive projects. Um, it, it just feels very stifling to get things done in the province. What do you see in your eyes around you, Anna? Uh, I, absolutely. It's such a volatile environment right now. Uh, there's so many changes happening. There's so many costs increasing and interest rates is a big part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, projects need to be financed just exactly the same way that People, when they go buy a home, they need to finance their uh, their home. When you know construction is happening, builders need to finance those projects, and things are not penciling it in. And so, when we are talking about the need to build in Ontario 1.5 million homes in order to keep up with population growth and to bring affordability to the market. When these projects are not getting shovels in the ground because they can't get the financing to work, it is extremely concerned. Uh, you know, it's, it's jobs that are going to be lost, but it's the homes and, and it will have an impact uh, on housing as, uh, as well. So yesterday, many homeowners, uh, uh, you know, had a bit of relief, but uh, I think anybody that uh, is involved in, in housing had uh, a bit of relief. Even though that it, it's still, it's still uh, uh, very volatile and very concerning just because of all the changes that are happening out there, the market is is very, very uh, uh, soft. Mohamed Faki, you must be, like Anna, you knowing people who are just sweating it, their mortgages coming up, and the idea that we raise interest rates to tame inflation, we're going to slow down new builds. High interest rates means that exacerbates the housing crisis. That's, I, you know, in Doug Ford's defense, I don't mind a premier. David Eby did it, and he's a new Democrat in B.C. They both pleaded with the Bank of Canada, you got to leave people be right now because we're sweating this out absolutely people are hurting and you know despite the fact that we give them a good news on interest rate inflation plays big uh, part of this and has to be brought under control it feels like we're closer to getting to a better place but in the meantime it does hurt for everyone and across the wide economy but also for people in their every single day life i hope we're seeing the light at the end of this tunnel but for now we remain in that tunnel for sure and right, have to make some sacrifices I'll tell people a story about uh, this story in Oshawa. I think we've all been in a car, uh, and our listeners have as well, where an e-scooter has buzzed by us. I've had it a couple of times pulling out of our building right here on Queen's Key, and I th- this person's coming so fast, and one little 
tap of the gas pedal and something would have gone wrong. So in Oshawa, for our listeners, um, a driver's now been charged with uh, a, a, a 20-year-old woman was killed on a rental e-scooter. They've now charged the driver three months later. Look, we don't know the case of the details, but what bothers me a lot is helmets aren't mandatory for these scooters, Muhammad. If they're, they are if you're under 18, they aren't if you're over 18. Even seven U.S. states, Alabama is one that say, you want to ride a scooter on a sidewalk or the road, you have to have a helmet, whether you're 18 or you're 78. Should we possibly consider this, given these scooters can go 40K an hour along the sidewalks? Immediately, I'm a, I, I own motorcycles. It's been my hobby since I was a kid. And I know uh, that when we drive a car, we don't pay attention to people on scooter or motorcycle. But I don't believe it that on a bicycle, we have to wear a helmet, but not on a scooter. It should be mm. immediately, it should be as fast as today or tomorrow. Because a lot of people now need the scooter to move from A to B in the city. And helmet is a must for sure. Anna, how do you view it? I know, I know right now in Toronto, there's still uh, a ban on scooters on the sidewalk. And I understand why. Uh, if you're going up and down Front Street or up and down Queen Street, let alone all the construction. But but even on these bike lanes and bike paths, these these things are flying. And it's not the easiest thing to spot right away. And yes, and you're absolutely right. In Toronto, they're 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 not legal, and you know, governments sometimes have uh, a challenge in ca- catching up with things that are coming up. So you know, regulations for things like Uber or you know all these things that have been coming up get it's they're always catching up to what's happening, and the same thing is happening with e-scooters as well. But very easily, governments should just have like a blanket. Uh, approach and a blanket uh, bylaw that requires hamlets to anything that has a certain speed. Like, can you imagine us going somewhere at 40 kilometers an hour, not having a helmet in your head? Like it's, it's unthinkable. And, uh, yeah. and so I, you know, whatever uh, uh, motor vehicle you have that can, can get to that, to, to a certain speed should have uh, helmets. And I think that would be the easiest thing uh, uh, to, uh, to, to implement and it should be done right away. Absolutely. Mohammed, has there ever been a scary moment on a motorcycle? You might be. The, I, I'm not speaking oh, for Anna, but you, I'm not, I've never been on one. So you, you tell us I the love, story. I love motorcycles, but yeah, always. Like I hit my knee one time because a lovely, a lovely man decided to open the door without <laughs> looking that there is a motorcycle, and I actually had to try to avoid him. And I had to. I hit. I did hit my knee. And you know what? It's mm. funny the rules because I own as well a Vespa, and uh, Vespa Toronto owners are a friend of mine, and they've been uh, trying to get a Vespa 50cc, which is 50 kilometer per hour, a 40 kilometer per hour, just without a license. And you need a license to get a Vespa that goes 50 kilometer per hour. And of course, always a helmet. Yet a scooter at 40 kilometers doesn't require a helmet. I think we should review the whole way, the way we approach scooters and motorcycles. Yeah. Uh, well, again, but you can't ride a motorcycle. The sidewalks are the biggest thing, right? This 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 yeah. poor poor woman in Oshawa was coming through at like a gas station parking lot. And I think we've all had that moment where it's not going to be a jogger, it's not going to be a walker, it's really not even going to be a cyclist, but it's always going to be an e-scooter, Muhammad. And and I've definitely tapped the brakes a couple of times, going, they're not stopping for me, so I better stop for them. Uh, you see them coming fast and very oh. fast and. You know, and you don't know what to do with it. <laughs> because sometimes you're in that situation, you're going right, left, and you don't know where to go, and you're right. 
they shouldn't be there. They should they should not use basically where people are walking. And this poor woman, um, I I'm so sorry for what happened. But definitely helmet and yeah. more rules. Looking at it closely because more people are going to use it soon. All right, we all need an escape from the heavy stuff sometimes. So streaming services, Apple TV announced yesterday they're going to raise rates. What a surprise! I'm waiting for a streaming service to say we're going to lower rates, but it isn't going to happen anytime soon. So Anna Bailout, the one streaming service. The one, we're, this isn't going to go viral like Christian Freeland's Disney Plus clip. I know it's not. What's the one streaming service you'd pay a lot more than your pay? Well, you have to keep it. What's the service? You know what? I have to be honest with you. For me, it's not so much about the streaming service. It's more about the whatever I want to watch. So I'm that kind of person that... <laughs> uh, uh, I will uh, sign on to a streaming uh, service, and probably once that series is done, I'll probably cancel it. So, <laughs> That's smart now, business. I wanted to watch, I wanted to watch uh, Succession, so I got Crave, and then uh, and then I I don't think I've watched anything else on Crave. So I'm I'm a bit like that. It's about the what what I want to watch, and not so much. Uh, the one service that I'm going to pay whatever uh, whatever it takes. Mohammed, that's a person that's a leader. That's a person that can balance a budget, Mohammed. I just heard it in Anna's <laughs> voice. I did. I did. I'd love to hear the audio of those phone calls to the uh, cable companies. <laughs> what about you, Mohammed? What do you got to stick with? Well, in my house, it's all about the kids and what they're streaming. So I'm not one of like, I don't want to pay double for any of the service company, but it forced <laughs> me to choose. I would ask my son which one they would like to pay for out of their own allowance, maybe the most. I end up, bas- you know, you got to see how I watch TV. I read TV because I, all the people talking to me, so I mute the TV and I just watch it. So for me, streaming is all about, the, about what the kids want, what they're going to pay for. And I'll try to negotiate with them that pay a little bit more from their allowances. Oh, my heavens. That's Mohammed, a, uh, Mohammed is a good negotiator. He knows how to pick his battles. Ab- absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We, we need you both running the country, the province, and the city uh, and, and handling our own money. I think we'd all feel a little bit better about where our taxes go if we had a, a, a joint relationship there. Thank you both so much for this. Again, someday we'll get to a place where it isn't so heavy all the time, but I appreciate both of your contributions today. Thank, Thank you very you. much. And you know Thanks. what? We should maintain everything positive, and we remember... We're neighbors, we're friends, and we love each other. And in a month from today, we're going to go back to the same, celebrating Canada and how it brought us all of us together. I think that's the hope. Get to a better place. Have a great day, you two. Really appreciate you coming on. Thank Thank you.